It is. It's more impressive when you consider in this past game against Marshall, uh, they didn't have McCall, unfortunately. He uh, he took a pretty big hit in that Arkansas State game, and they're still kind of evaluating what the extent of uh, the damage from that hit was. So he hasn't played or practiced really in uh, about two weeks here. They're still going to evaluate him later this week to see if he can get back out there. But, you know, it. who knows at this point, Tim Beck was pretty uncertain about whether or not that's actually going to happen. Um, but with this game against Marshall, thankfully they still have veteran backup Jarrett Guest who stepped in for McCall mm-hmm. once or twice over the course of his career. And he threw three touchdowns in that one. So um, really great to see that he can still execute Tim Beck's passing game, uh, throwing to guys like Jared Brown, who had 117 receiving yards and two touchdowns in that game. Uh, And that's against the Marshall defense and uh, Marshall front seven, especially that can cause some problems for you if you're not playing your best football. So yeah, to your, uh, to your point, coastal Carolina can never really be, you know, counted out with, uh, with how they tend to play towards the end of the season. And now that, uh, you know, coach Beck is seemingly finally found the best ways to uh, to use his guys uh, against some of these uh, some of these other teams, uh, and even against those Georgia teams, um, they were close games. They just couldn't really get it going in the second half there. But Coastal needs a little bit of help. Namely, needs those Georgia teams to lose, but still very much alive in that divisional race in the East. You know, I was uh, we're very familiar with Chandler Rogers, the, uh, the quarterback, starting quarterback for North Texas. Uh, North Texas is three and five, and they've lost some close ball games. But he's always seemed to to bring the Mean Green back. Um, I was shocked. That was a 45-42 ball game there in Denton. Um, I guess maybe I, I guess Ryan Silverfield maybe is. Uh, I didn't think they would be that good, but here the the Memphis Tigers sitting at six and two uh, with four games to go. Yeah, on the Memphis side, I think there was definitely some kind of murmurs in the offseason about like I think this is a make or break year for Ryan mm-hmm. Silverfield and um, you know I like you say he's got four more games left to play and uh, kind of see where they can end up you know I think one of the things that's kind of left to accomplish for him obviously is the AAC title uh, they want to win another bowl game they've been to bowl games 10 straight years or at least qualified for them obviously that that 2021 bowl game got uh, canceled because of COVID issues but um He's doing some really nice things. I really think they get to the end of this season uh, with about nine wins. I think that SMU game on November 18th is going to trip them up a little bit, but they've still got dates against South Alabama, Charlotte, and Temple, all very winnable games for them. And, uh, you know, when you have a backfield like Seth Hennigan and Blake Watson, then good things are, are to be expected, in my opinion. And those two guys especially really came through for their team in that North Texas win. Well, Joe, listen, I mean, we talk about it and how good your stuff is, but make sure we let everybody know how they can follow you online. Yeah, well, thanks, guys. I'm at uh, J-O-E-H-I-O underscore on uh, Twitter and and Instagram and all that. Uh, G5 Football Daily is uh, my site with Sports Illustrated Media Group's uh, Fan Nation Network. Uh, If you just Google G5 Football Daily, you'll see us. We do a podcast twice a week. Uh, try to get a lot of good guests, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's where you can find me. Awesome stuff, Joe. As always, listen, we are so looking forward to next week as well because there's a lot of big games this weekend. Be have a safe, happy Halloween, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, you too. Thanks, guys. Joe Lonergan, none better.
really when it comes to G5 football. This has been The Sports Company with Sean Fox, presented by Bud Light. Come back every weekday, 3 to 6 p.m. for more Sports Company on Sports Talk 977. the lowest over under i believe of the weekend so we weren't anticipating this being a high scoring affair the weather played a bit of a factor tyra taylor being out played a bit of a factor you could say whatever you want this, this game came down to two things people are going to get on brian dable for the decision to kick the field goal on what fourth and one i believe yeah which obviously was a miss which led to then the, the jets having with no timeouts was it 24 25 seconds to go back down the field to get into field goal range, which Zach Wilson executed. They did. They get it through overtime. And then the Jets, you know, defense and the rest kind of takes care of business. But that decision is what's going to be analyzed. And then I think you have to look at, you know, Zach Wilson's play and say when he needed to show up in the biggest moment, he did. And they didn't have much of a running game. He, he led them in rushing in this one. And I thought he played well enough. And, he, and, and literally, he's done this all year since he's taken over. To get the rest of LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox, podcast by searching Two Pros and a Cup of Joe. Listen to Two Pros and a Cup of Joe weekdays from 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Here we go. The Ben Maller Show. In looking out at the Serengeti of the NFL, out in the landscape, it reminds you, first of all, that despite having Patrick Mahomes on any given Sunday, I read that somewhere, that Mahomes can go out there and suck at a time you cannot suck. Even when playing the hungry puppies of the NFL, this is a shrinkage situation. I think we sell a pill for that. I, you know, doing late nights, we have a pill for everything here. But as the Chiefs hold uh, on the penthouse shrinks away, and uh, now you turn to Pumpernickel and Schnitzel. Uh, this loss means that next week's game against Tua Tungavailoa's Miami squad in Germany, it's not in Miami, it's in Germany, is now a must-win situation. Ben Maller, weeknights, 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. The, the, the Herd. I am what I am. There's nothing normal about him. And he's not your average sports fan. Why are people trying to convince themselves average is good? He's different. I want my quarterbacks to be quarterback you. He's Colin Cowherd, dissecting sports to their core every morning. Most great coaches are meant to be professors. Some are meant to be the dean of the department. It's The Herd with... Colin Cowherd, weekdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. FS1. Call your friends and ask how they do it. To find FS1 on your television, go to foxsports.com for details. Boom. Trust your eyes. FS1.
Injured in an accident? Call Creed and Creed in Monroe for local experienced representation. This is KNBB Dubach Rustin Monroe 97.7. It's time for the Louisiana National Bank Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show. This is your source for Louisiana Tech Sports News. For the next 90 minutes, Bleed Tech Blue Radio goes deep inside football, basketball, and recruiting. Tonight's show on Sports Talk 97.7 is also brought to you by Courtesy Automotive Group, Walpole Tire, Dairy Queen. Text us at 888-993-7762. Here's your host, Ben Carlisle. Bleed Tech Blue Radio, BC, Beck Haynes, John Tabor, not Beck Haynes. Excuse me on that one. Beck's running a little late tonight, getting back from a work trip. So he'll, he'll be in here in 20 or 30 minutes for Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Of course, you can get us on the hotline or the text line, 888 We'd love to hear from you on this cold Halloween evening here in Ruston, Louisiana. Like I said, 888 A lot to get into uh, of course, going back to last Tuesday night, we had Bleed Tech Blue Radio Monday. Tech played Tuesday on the gridiron at home against New Mexico State. Unfortunately, Bulldogs fall 27-24, dropped to 3-6 and overall, 2-3 and in Conference USA play. Uh, they, they've now essentially eliminated themselves from Conference Championship contention, uh, sitting at two games back. Of both Jackson or excuse me, Jacksonville State's not eligible, so they're two games back of New Mexico State. Only three games remaining in conference play. New Mexico State would have to lose all three of those games because they hold the tiebreaker over the Bulldogs. So uh, when you look at the entire picture of it, Bulldogs got three games remaining in the regular season. They'll travel to undefeated Liberty on Saturday night. That's a 5 p.m. kickoff. Out in Lynchburg, I believe that game's on CBS Sports Network. John Munson with com will join us tonight at 645 to discuss the Flames. At 7 o'clock, Kevin Sweeney with Sports Illustrated talking all things Conference USA basketball. In case you missed it, basketball set to get underway next Monday night. Monday night, Dunkin' Dogs on the road at Colorado State to 9 p.m. tip on the Mountain West Network. And I believe the Lady Texters will be at home against LSUA. So a lot going on in Louisiana Tech Athletics. want to touch on this as well. Conference USA Tournament for Women's Soccer starting up tomorrow here in Ruston. The Bulldogs, they don't go by the Lady Textures anymore, so don't, don't, don't come at me. They will be in action, I believe it's 7 p.m. I'm double check that here real quickly against Western Kentucky. Uh, when you look at the Bulldogs, their soccer season, they finished at 5, 10, and 3 overall, 2, 4, and 2 in conference play. Like I said, they'll play at 7 p.m. tomorrow night from Robert Matt Carruthers Field. That game will be on ESPN Plus. So if the Dogs are going to make a run in conference in the conference tournament, that run starts tomorrow night at seven o'clock. Some other news and notes before we get started. Uh, Willie Roberts was named a semifinalist this afternoon for the Jim Thorpe Award. Of course, the Jim Thorpe Award goes to the best defensive back in the country. 
The semifinalist group includes 15 players. So Willie Roberts, one of the top 15 defensive backs in the country. Uh, the Fort Worth product has 10 pass breakups, which ties for fourth nationally. Also tied third in FBS with 11 passes defended. Uh, has 33 tackles, has an interception, has a forced fumble, and, of course, a fumble recovery. You look at the 15 semifinalists. They come from seven different conferences. Chris Abrams-Drains from Missouri, Jade Barron from Texas, Cole Bishop from Utah, Denzel Burke, Ohio State, Cooper DeGene from Iowa, Renardo Green, Florida State, Travis Hunter, Colorado, Kool-Aid McKinstry from Alabama, Benjamin Morrison from Notre Dame, Jacob Robinson from BYU, Jalen Simpson, Auburn, Malachi Starks, Georgia, TJ Tampa from Iowa State, and finally Trey Taylor from Air Force. So a great group of players that Willie Roberts has mentioned in as one of the semifinalists for the Paycom Jim Thorpe Award here in 2023. Beck chimes in. 888-993-7762 says, don't put me to sleep with that soccer talk. Well, Beck, if you don't want to be put to sleep, get to the studio, young fella. Uh, We call you bye week, Beck, for a reason. Appreciate you coming in in just a few minutes. But, you know, before we get to football, obviously it was a tough loss to New Mexico State. Got a bunch of different angles to look at. Got a chance today first to talk a little bit of college basketball with Talvin Hester, Brooks Store. Uh, like we said, their seasons will crank up next Monday. Big question going into today's press conference. Is Bacho eligible? Daniel Bacho, of course, transfer from Texas Tech, six foot eleven, two hundred and thirty-five pounds. Probably the best big, best big man in conference USA if he is eligible. Point blank, Talon said, haven't got a ruling on the waiver just yet. In case you haven't heard, two-time waivers in the NCAA are being cracked down on here in 2023. We've seen it happen in football. We're kind of seeing it starting to trickle out in basketball as well. Uh, I think John Rothstein with CVS Sports put out a little nugget the other day. The guys that are transferring for a second time, their waiver's only been approved 18% of the time entering the 2023-2024 season. So that that kind of gives you a broad picture of possibly what the expectations are when it comes to Bacho's waiver. I, I know some folks around the program are optimistic, but it's at the same time, it's the NCAA. We don't know necessarily what we can expect. So you look at this Tech basketball team, picked fourth in the preseason in Conference USA, nine new faces, either from the JUCO ranks or the transfer portal. I think there's two JUCO kids, seven transfers. You also got Isaiah Crawford coming back. I, I thought it was pretty telling today just to hear Talvin Hester get into a little bit of Isaiah Crawford. Listen, the kid's had a tremendous career during this time in Ruston. We all know how talented he is. We all know about two... T- two knee injuries, back-to-back years that kind of hindered his progression as a player. He's now named the preseason Conference USA Player of the Year. This team's going to go as Isaiah Crawford goes. I think he's ready for that challenge. At the same time, his teammates are going to have to step up around him. And like Talvin said, going into the year, you know what you're going to get night in, night out from Isaiah Crawford. You need the guys around him to find their groove, be able to fill out their role, to figure out what makes this team most effective. I also thought Talvin made a very interesting point. He said, so, 
want to make this point first. We all hear about the super secret scrimmages across college basketball. It's a closed door scrimmage, no fans in the stands. If you're a head coach, if you're assistant coaches, you get a great idea kind of what your team looks like in the preseason. Basically, it's what you do. One of those secret scrimmages for Louisiana Tech was Texas State. Not really sure who the second opponent was. Possibly Lamar. I know that's where Tech played at. They played at Lamar. Could have been a neutral site game. Talvin Hester said, in some of these scrimmages, you see individual players go rogue. They want to accomplish some of their individual goals. But he said, I truly believe in the close scrimmages that our guys are all in for the team. We're closer and closer to accomplishing our goals based on that fact. Really encouraging. I think we saw that a season ago. Won't mention any names. About some guys that wanted to do it their own way. We could tell it didn't necessarily mesh with what Talvin Hester wants his culture to be like. And that's why I'm excited to see this team hit the hardwood next Monday night at Colorado State. Also, non-conference schedule. Talk about Colorado State. You got Grand Canyon. You got St. Louis. You got Seattle. You got Southern Utah. You got got McNeese. You got Southeastern. You got ULM. A a good ULL tournament team a season ago. You got a good collection of teams that are picked in the upper tier of their conferences on the mid-major level. There's no Power 5 teams on this tech schedule in the non-conference. And Talvin said, listen, a lot of these non-conference games are on the road, which is not necessarily ideal. But when you look at Conference USA a season ago, you had a Final Four team in FAU. You had two teams that finished in the top two of the NIT when you look at North Texas and UAB. Obviously, those three teams are gone. Rice wins the CBI. Obviously, they're gone as well. But the point remains, Conference USA is a really good basketball league, sometimes a little bit underrated. So you had to challenge yourself on the road. be interesting to see what this team looks like as we get into the month of January, February, March, uh, as you're looking to obviously win three in three days and get yourself to a co- or to an NCAA tournament for the first time in 30-plus years. For the women, another team. Pick fourth in their conference just like the men. You lose Kiana Walker. She did everything for this program during her five years in Ruston. Annalar Robertson's back. Salma Bates is back. Robin Lee, Amaya Brandon's coming back from an injury. Ten returners in total for the Lady Texters. Their non-conference schedule, well, not like the men. Point blank, this is a gauntlet. When you look at, you open the year, two home games against LSUA, Louisiana Christian, formerly Louisiana College. Then it gets difficult on the road at Texas. You got Drake, you got Maine, you got Richmond, at Vanderbilt, at Arkansas, at Arkansas State, home game with SMU. You kind of get the picture. Really tough non-conference slate for the women as well. So uh, while you do have 10 new faces back, or 10 faces back, you also got to gel your new pieces and and figure out who the go-to player is going to be outside of Annalar Robertson with Kiana Walker departing the program. All right. We got to get to football. I've, I've delayed it for 11 minutes now. I've delayed it for 11 minutes. A name texter, before we get to it. I have season tickets right behind the offensive sideline bench. I see no fire in the belly on our team. I saw them get fired up once in the New Mexico State game when they scored early in the second half. But beyond that, nada. So I'm like almost like they're in emotional jail. 
and are not allowed or encouraged to play the game with any emotion. I don't get it. I'll be honest with you, not the first person to say that. I've said it. Beck said it. Tapes has probably said it. Hell, Tapes picked New Mexico State to win last week. Kind of tells you where you're at as a program right now. We came in here, KXKZ 107.5, Impact Healthcare Solutions, post-game call-in show. If you don't catch that right after the game, it's Can't Miss Radio. Had people say, hey, why don't you podcast? I don't know if it's safe for podcasting. Quite frankly, it's not. Uh, the, the barriers of being on live radio may be a good thing. Exactly, tapes. I mean, it did get off the rails. It, and it would. Most it, weeks it, it does. It get off the rails. Uh, so, you know, you, you talk about the emotional side of this team, and I get that. There are so many different things that we could point to over the last three weeks. Hey, keep in mind, Tech played three games in the month of October, end of the month at 3-3, three and three, come out 3-6. and six. Yeah, that's a big old goose egg. You go back many, many years. Whether it was Rice, whether it's New Mexico State, whether it's UTEP, whether it's Florida International, whether it's Middle Tennessee, you name it. A bad program. You kind of get what I'm saying. You kind of circled them on the schedule. Like, all right, let me get my pretty little pin out. Let me circle them. Dub. Oh, Rice, dub. Uh, New Mexico State, dub. Oh, we're not at that point anymore. I think when you look at a Liberty, you look at a Western Kentucky, look at a Middle Tennessee, look at a Jacksonville State, you know who they're circling on their schedule? They're circling Louisiana Tech. They're circling your Bulldogs. They're circling the program that is 9-26 in their last 35 football games. Yes, 9-26. Let that sink in for a minute. 9-26. You know how many wins on the road came in that time frame? Just one. Little UTEP dub, little snooze fest out in El Paso. Happened here in 2023. Cumby was asked about it. You know, he kind of got off the schneid. And he said, when you come into a program, you got a lot to clean up as a new head coach. We kind of cleaned up that process, but he doesn't know that one road win kind of cleans it up in totality. It doesn't. When's the last time Tech was a 17-point road dog to a conference mate? I'd imagine it's been a while. That's where we're at. Where we're at. Let me tell you what Liberty is. Undefeated. Aspirations for the college football. New Year's Six Bowl. We'll get into the top four for the college football playoff in the next segment before we truly get into New Mexico State. But I'll be point blank with you. Some trying times here in Ruston. Some trying times. Tapes, go ahead, take our first time out. Come back for the break. We'll take a look at the college football playoff top four. Maybe Liberty's in that top 25. Probably not. Schedule soft. But hey, the G5. Listen to Bleed Tech Blue Radio Sports Talk 97.7.
At Louisiana National Bank, you're more than just a number. You're part of a team. This is Smoke Harris with the Bulldogs. Louisiana National Bank is committed to making every interaction with its customers and communities an experience that's noticeably different and more exceptional than any they've ever encountered. If you're looking for a teammate to help you achieve your financial dreams, come see one of LMB's Uncommon Bankers or visit online at ln.bank. Equal housing lender. Member FDIC. It's bow time. Get fired up tonight because Bojangles has your family meal covered. Always scratch made, always by hand. Not in a microwave oven, but an oven oven. Biscuits baked 49 steps fluffy, chicken marinated 12 hours bold, and more fresh made fixings to choose from. We've got the cooking tonight so you can enjoy more time with your family and more home cooking for your money. Order your family meal on the app tonight. It's bow time. Bojangles is now offering bone-in chicken on Louisville Avenue in Monroe and Farwell Highway in Ruston. Check out the Courtesy Automotive family with Courtesy Direct. Click it, pick it, then come get it. From our floor to your door, that's Courtesy Direct at buycourtesy.com. Shop 24-7 online or at two lots filled with seven of the leading brands. Chevy, GMC, Buick, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep Ram, and Jeep. The Courtesy Automotive family off I-20, exit 86, north and south of the interstate in Ruston. Courtesy, a great place to buy a car. All the scores, all the plays, all the playmakers. We will rewind the week in high school football Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. on the High School Football Rewind Show. This is Mark Kramer. Join me as we break down what happened in high school football Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for the High School Football Rewind on your home for sports in North Louisiana 97.7. Tech sports, that is. That's why there's Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by Louisiana National Bank. Call or text the show at 888-993-7762. Welcome back. Bleed Tech Blue Radio, BC, John Tabor, Sports Talk 97.7. You can get us 888-993-7762 on the hotline or the text line. Appreciate you joining us on this Halloween night, Tabes. What's your favorite Halloween candy? Don't give me almond joys. I know you like them, but that can't be your favorite. I mean, they might be, especially if we're talking minis. Wow, I'm just baffled by that. I never if, pictured if you we're, being if an we're going full guy. size. I've always liked a good score bar. Tapes, more of a hundred. You want to talk about a shot of sugar? <laughs> give me a cookies and cream Hershey bar. Okay. I'm I'm down with, I'm down with them. I'm, I'm okay. there. Right. I'm just hoping the kids come. I like home the tonight. old Hershey's with almonds again. If we're going full size, Beck said Tabe's favorite tacos. That is Taco Beck Tuesday. Would be correct. It is Taco Tuesday there. Look, every Tuesday is Taco Tuesday. You're right. All right, college football playoff real quick before we get into Tech's loss to New Mexico State. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, John Manson, a sea of red dot com, joins us at six forty five. Kevin Sweeney joins us at 7, talking all things comp for USA Hoops. Uh, real quick, top 25 college football playoff, first playoff rankings out this evening. G5 perspective, Tulane in at 24, Air Force in at 25. Those are your top two G5 teams. Tulane, obviously, one loss. Air Force, obviously, undefeated. 
Tulane's strength of schedule slightly better, I believe, at 96. I believe Air Force at 131. I, I don't see that as a huge gap, but obviously uh, the playoff committee does. So there's what it looks like from a G5 perspective. Looking at it from a top 10 perspective, number one, Ohio State tapes. Ohio State's not the best team in the country. They're not. They're not good enough on offense to win a national championship. I almost feel like this is done just to stir it up. Just to stir it up. I agree. Number two, Georgia. Number three, Michigan. Number four, Florida State. On the outside looking in, undefeated Washington at number five. Obviously, they'll have a golden opportunity to play their way in. Uh, Oregon at number six. Texas, number seven, playing without Quinn Ewers. Uh, Malik Murphy will be their starting quarterback going forward. Number eight, Alabama. Nine, one loss, Oklahoma. Ten, one loss, Ole Miss. Eleven, Penn State. James Franklin in winning nothing close to a national title. And then finally, the 12th ranked team, the Missouri Tigers. I know Eli Drinkwitz is breathing a sigh of relief. He'll for sure be back in Columbia in 2024. All right, let's get into this game against New Mexico State. Obviously, Louisiana Tech falls 27-24, fall to 3-6 and six overall, 2-3 and three in conference play, essentially eliminating themselves from a conference USA championship race. Sonny Cumbie said it today in his press conference. I agree with him. You look at all three phases of the game, offense, defense, special teams, that first half that Tech played last Tuesday night, probably the best they've played all season. Like They played really well offensively. Hank Bachmeyer was in a rhythm. I think he was 13 of 15 at the half. Offense was going up and down the field. If it wasn't for a missed 49-yard field goal right before the half by Jacob Barnes, you score on four of your first five possessions in the ball game. You led at one point sixteen to three. Go into the half sixteen to ten. And I saw a couple of folks at the half, and it kind of just had that feeling. And I'm not that guy. Like I'm not that guy. I, you know, I come in here. Whether it's Tuesday night for Bleed Tech Blue Radio or the post-game show, and it's like, BC, you're so fired up. You sound a little negative. Not negative. Not necessarily fired up. Probably ticked off at the losing. I just mentioned it to you. You're 9-26 in your last 35 games. If I was to the point where I didn't care anymore, that'd be the big problem. That would be a major problem. And the sad part about it is, I think a lot of Tex fans are getting to that point. Announced attendance, 13,798 last Tuesday night. It's being generous. We get it. Announced attendance is tickets sold. A lot of season ticket holders nowhere to be found within 100 miles of Joe I. Stadium. But anyways, you go into the half, 16 to 10. I look at Beck at the half. Well, I wasn't that optimistic. I said, dead gum, Beck. It'd feel really, really good to go into a post-game show, to go into a, a break of 10 or 11 days before the road trip to Liberty with a sense of optimism. 
Come out of the break. Diego Pavia, one of the best quarterbacks in Conference USA, playing at a really high level here in 2023, especially in the month of October in which New Mexico State, complete opposite of Tech, they went 4-0. and Tech went 0-3. Diego Pavia drives his team 15 plays, 75 yards, 8-minute, 35-minute drive, half the third quarter's gone. Convert on a couple of fourth downs. A team that really doesn't go for it on fourth downs. And I think that's a credit to Louisiana Tech because of how well they're playing offensively. New Mexico State didn't want to find themselves down that much further. They take a 17-16 lead. Ensuing drive. Ensuing drive. First play of the drive. False start. Second play of the drive. Loss of four. Third play of the drive. Hank Bachmeyer sack, fumble. New Mexico State recovers on the seven-yard line. Boom, bang, boom. 24-16, Aggies lead. Tech responds. Touchdown of their own. Eight plays, 55 yards after a nice kickoff return from Cyrus Allen. Bachmeyer hits John Locke for the first touchdown of his career. Nice little shovel pass, three yards, 24-22. Two-point conversions, good on a dime to Smoke Harris. All right, we're good. We're back in it. Tie ball game into the third quarter. New Mexico State drives into Tech territory. Bulldogs get a big fourth down stop. Huge. Can't take advantage. Three and out offensively. New Mexico State responds to the field goal drive of its own. And I thought this was interesting. Trailing 27-24. It's getting late in the fourth quarter. A little over five minutes to go. Tech drives 40 yards. They're at the 25-yard line of New Mexico State. Sonny Cumbie mentioned it on the sports company on Monday. Playing with some tempo. Obviously, this offense is much better when they do play with tempo. Get to the 25-yard line. You get a look that you haven't seen all night. Cyrus Allen in man coverage. When you see Cyrus Allen in man coverage, your eyes get big if you're Hank Bachmeyer. Rightfully so. He's going to win in man coverage. Put this in your back pocket. New Mexico State had only blitzed four times all night. Play number five came from the 25-yard line on second and five. A little bit of an RPO action. Allen doesn't get a clean release. Backside pressure gets home. Bachmeyer stripped. He fumbles. New Mexico State recovers. 2.30 left to go in the game. Credit to the defense. Had three timeouts. They get the ball back quickly with a three and out. 2.09 remaining in the game. Let, let me just read you the drive chart. And then you can react in any way that you'd like. 2.09 remaining. Three-yard pass to Charvis Thornton. Second and seven. Pass incomplete by Hank Bachmeyer. Third and seven. Jacob Field. Third and seven. Minute 35, you run the football for six yards. Okay. Fourth and one, you convert. 112 remaining on first and 10. Bachmeyer goes deep. Allen unable to come up with it. Incomplete. Second and 10, two-yard run. Third and eight. And listen, a lot of people are going to point to this play. Bachmeyer hits Smoke Harris in the middle of the field. He has the first down, but he's Smoke Harris. He tries to make a big play. Now listen, I could sit here and bang on Smoke Harris for running backwards and losing the first down. I could. Kid's got 250-plus catches in his career. 
I can live with the mistake. Doesn't get the first down. It's fourth and one. You're down to 25 seconds. Pass is broken up, attempted to Julian Lewis. Ball game. Fourth, one score loss of 2023. We've come in this studio night in, night out, week in, week out, talking about close losses. How close is this team to a bowl game? How close is this team to truly contending for a conference championship? Well, when you keep losing one-score games week after week after week, part of me starts to believe you're not really that close. And we can point to different plays throughout a game. I can point to five or six plays here, five or six plays there in some of these losses. But can't every under 500 team across the country pretty much? How are they any different than Louisiana Tech? Like I said in the previous segment, you're now that program that they circle on their schedule. When New Mexico State's looking to go to -to back-to-back bowl games for the first time in like 60 years, you know who they're circling as a potential road win? That's right. Tech's program. That's who they're circling. Diego Paviet threw for 95 yards on Tuesday night. Rushed for 67 yards. You outgained New Mexico State by 50 yards. Problem is, you were 3 of 11 on third down. Two fumbles. You lost the turnover battle, minus two. And you allowed 232 yards on the ground. It's not winning football. And listen, at this point in the year, it feels like Tech's football team is essentially making up ways to lose week in and week out. And listen, we can get all into it. Oh, you got to learn how to win. That's the next step in the trajectory of the program. I hear it every week. I hear it with Rutgers and Greg Schiano. I hear it with Jimbo Fisher. Hell, Jimbo Fisher's resorted to, we're just trying to get bowl eligible. My God, I'd take a bowl at this point. It's going to take a miracle... Got to beat 8-0 Liberty. Got to beat 7-2 Jacksonville State. Oh, yeah, both those on the road. Got to beat Sam Houston State. They're winless. I'm not circling Sam Houston. Are you? Sam Houston looks at their schedule. They're looking for their first FBS win. Circling this team in Ruston. Let's go ahead and take our next time out. We come back for the break. I want to look at one-score losses. Pretty jarring. It's pretty jarring. Triple eight nine nine three seven seven six two. Be back right after this. Hey, DQ fans, the leaves are changing, and that only means one thing. The new fall blizzard treat menu's here. Dip it into the season with returning favorites like snickerdoodle cookie dough, pumpkin pie, Oreo hot cocoa, caramel fudge cheesecake, Reese's peanut butter cup pie, and the choco dipped strawberry. Or get your marshmallow on with the new Royal Reese's Flutter Nutter. That's seven crave-worthy treats, and they're only at participating DQ locations. We're happy it tastes good. At Louisiana National Bank, you're more than just a number. You're a part of a team. This is Anna Robertson with The Lady Texters. Louisiana National Bank is committed to making every interaction with its customers and communities an experience that's noticeably different and more exceptional than any they've ever encountered. 
If you're looking for a teammate to help you achieve your financial dreams, come see one of LNB's Uncommon Bankers or visit online at ln.bank. Equal housing lender member FDIC. As summer comes to a close, you may have a kid heading off to school. That's a great reason for a complete car checkup from Walpole Tire and Service. They'll diagnose check engine lights and service everything from brakes to shocks and suspensions. And if that car needs tires, you'll find big rebates on the largest selection of name brand tires, including Goodyear, Bridgestone, Firestone, Continental, and more. Walpole Tire and Service, Ruston and West Monroe. Visit WalpoleTire.com. Wake up. Did you know? Wake up and hear what you've been missing. It's the Nick Brown Show. Saturday mornings, 8 to 10 a.m. on 97.7. Follow Nick on Twitter, Facebook, and listen online. Wake up. Join us this Saturday. It's the Nick Brown Show, 8 to 10 a.m. Saturdays on 97.7. Don't have time to keep up with Louisiana Tech sports the way you'd like to? No worries. Just listen to Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Call or text the show at 888-993-7762. Bleed Tech Blue Radio, BC, John Terror, Sports Talk 97.7. You can get us 888 We'd love to hear from you. Whatever the topic. Love to hear from you. New college football playoffs out. Don't you three and six. Hoop season starting next Monday. Diamond Dogs on the road at Auburn this weekend. That should be interesting. Love a good fall matchup in baseball. That game will be down in Biloxi. Uh, Tapes, I don't know if you caught this. I believe uh, Lane Burroughs on the sports company last Tuesday said we might get a old uh, neutral site matchup in Biloxi between Louisiana Tech and LSU in future years. Maybe L- Louisiana Tech and Auburn. Or, no, or regular season. I like it. That'd be pretty intriguing. Absolutely. I also mentioned the Diamond Dogs will play a three-game home set with Southern Miss in 2024. Uh, love to see that series continue on, developed into a really solid rivalry. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe we're sending them out to Tucson, correct? Yes. Diamond Dogs will be on the road at Arizona. Tapes, have you ever seen Arizona's baseball stadium? It's kind of funky. I think you can hit one 450 feet for a flyout. They call that in the old baseball terms as a graveyard. It is a large park. I think Jay knows where the bodies are buried. Possibly does. Uh, I believe also Diamond Dogs will host Kent State in a three-game series. They'll host Northwestern State in a three-game series. They'll host Northern Colorado, I believe, in a four-gamer. So no, no, no midweek home and home with the Demons. Uh, actually, they will play the midweek games as well. So they're playing. So five? they're playing five. I don't. I think it might be four. I think on the home and home, as far as the midweek, I think that midweek game might be at Northwestern. Okay. okay. Uh, th- a there's a little bit then... of a quirk in the scheduling in conference play. We have two bye weeks. I got you. They so feel just... in the Southland. Obviously, they have a, a lesser number of teams as well. Filling that gap with Northwestern State for one series, filling that gap with Arizona and another. And then, of course, you have the uh, tournament out in Sugarland, I guess, it's a, kind of a round robin when you get Air Force, Army, and Creighton. So 
that should be a really intriguing non-conference schedule uh, that Lane Burns has put together. 33 home games in 2024, so if you want an opportunity uh, to watch the dogs play, you will have more than enough opportunities. So, what, a 33, and I guess that'd be a 23 split? Yeah. Well, you have 20 on the road and then a three-game neutral in, site. In the three-game. Yeah. I, you can't draw it up any you can't, better than that. You can't ask for any better than that. Not if you're a Tech fan. So, all right, let's get into this. You lose by three to New Mexico State. Went back and looked at some numbers. Actually had one of our great subscribers... As Tabes and I sit here and watch the first play of Maction on this Tuesday night, and Toledo houses one. Of course, when you take the under the of opening kickoff. The opening kickoff goes to the house. Of course, 97 yards. In the snow. But, so, lose 27-24 New Mexico State. Yet four one-score losses in 2023. You can look at it a number of different ways. I've seen Liberty fans comment on some of the articles that we've written this week, and they're like, yeah, this Tech team, they're a lot better than, you know, maybe you anticipate. Um, us, from the Tech perspective, we're like, eh. I don't know. I feel like you've kind of given those games away. Uh, with lack of execution, questionable coaching decisions, whatever you want to point to. So I went back and looked at some numbers. Sonny Cumbie, obviously, has coached 21 games during his tenure at Louisiana Tech. He's 1-7 in in one-score games. Now, part of me says, all right, like, eventually, averages will even out. So I went back further. Skip Holtz spent nine years in Rust. What was Skip Holtz in one-score games? 19 and 20. So right around the 500 mark. He was 1 and 5 in his last season. So he was 18 and 14 prior, or 18 and 15, excuse me, prior to the wheels coming off in 2021. Went back even further. Sonny Dykes spent three years in Ruston, won a conference championship in 2021. We'll never forget the, or excuse me, 2011. We'll never forget 2012. Uh, Not only how the season ended, but that offense as well. With Colby Cameron, Quentin Patton, Miles White, Kenneth Dixon, Ray Holly, you name it, it's a special offense. Sonny Dykes was eight and eight. He played a lot of one score games, probably because his defense was downright terrible. But got me thinking. I was like, all right. Did you go even further back? No, I didn't. You didn't check out old Dooley. I could check out Derek. But so you you go all you go all the way back. And I, and I was like, so, you know, what what's kind of the average? You know, wh- where can we find common ground? And obviously you search, you know, what's the average for a college football coach in one-score games in terms of win-loss? I just think the common barometer would be 500. Yes, kind of what I gathered. Like, I couldn't find an exact answer, but really what it boils down to is 500. So Derek Dooley in his last year in Ruston, one-score games, he was 0-3. In 2009. He got the Tennessee job off of that. Yeah. 2008, he was 5-2. Okay. So he's 5-5 five and five overall. 2007, this is his first year at the helm. 0-1. He was 0-1. No, 1-1. So he was 6-6. Six and six Straight and up 500. Years. So 500 has to obviously be kind of the ideal mark for your record in one-score game. So that's the mean. Yeah, Yeah, I went all the way back to 2016 on a guy like Nick Saban. 
Obviously, he's an outlier. He's the best of all time. 2016 to where we are in 2023, he's 12-5. So the best of the best are a few games over 500. Obviously, Alabama, 2016 to now, what's that, seven, eight years? Like, they don't play a whole lot of one-score games. Win, lose, win or lose. But, 500's the mark. And so you look at all these different things as far as, like, how do you start a game? How do you finish a game? How many penalties do you have? How many big plays do you give up? Um... Do you have a quarterback that you can win with? Do you have a quarterback that you win because of? How good are you at running back? How many players are you putting into the NFL? How many rushing yards do you allow? All these different things go into a coach's record in one-score games. And I think you ask even the most common of common fans, they'll tell you that probably the, the biggest difference is your coaching. And I'm not sitting here saying Sonny Cumbie's a bad coach. Obviously, it's his first head job. Obviously, what's better than on-the-job training? We talk about it a lot. At Louisiana Tech, we're going to have a lot of first-time head coaches. We saw it with Sonny Cumbie. We saw it with Sonny Dykes. We saw it with Derek Dooley. Uh, I believe Jack McNeil was the first-time head coach when he was hired. Uh, you know, Talvin Hester's a first-time head coach. We saw it with Eric Conkle. We saw it with Mike White. Like, all these coaches, they get all the on-the-job training that you can find. But at the end of the day, you got to find a way to start winning some of these one-score games. You are close from a scoreboard perspective. But you were also getting blown out by Western Kentucky. Northern, North Texas also led 37-20 to 20 in the fourth quarter. You were also down two touchdowns on the road at Middle Tennessee. And I'm... Listen... I said in my article this week, I'm I'm proud of the club for coming back. Like, you're proud of the fight. But what's the difference in a one-score game? Is it, you got to hit an onside kick here? Got to make a field goal there? You can't have a penalty on second and ten? You can't have a pass interference on the biggest third down play of the game? You can't have 12 men on the field on fourth and four? You can't score 14 points in the first four minutes against UTEP and only score 10 for the remaining 56 minutes? Like, there's a lot that comes and goes with being a good football team. But at the end of the day, I don't sit here and live by the idea that New Mexico State has more talent than you. I don't live... By the idea that Middle Tennessee, who has one win all year against an FCS opponent, has more talent than you. I don't live by the fact that Western Kentucky should be up four touchdowns at the break. I don't live by the fact that North Texas allows 600 yards a game and you've scored 20 points through three and a half quarters. I don't live by that. I don't view something as an end result can be something that's encouraging to me when my eyes are telling me for great portions of games that you haven't played very well. Like I said, I'm proud of the comeback. I'm probably an outlier in the fact that I would love to lose a close game to get blown out. At least I got more to talk about and more to analyze 
in a close loss. Yeah, it's gut-wrenching. Yeah, it hurts. I'll still show up here on Tuesday nights. I'll still show up for the post-game show. I'll still show up all, all week at Bleed Tech Blue Radio, or BleedTechBlue.com. Just nine ninety five a month if you're looking to subscribe. I'll be there. But when you play like that in games against North Texas and, heck, you go all the way back to the opener against FIU, they're terrible. When you play like that against North Texas, you play like that against Nebraska, you play like that against UTEP, Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee, New Mexico State, why do I have any reason for optimism on the road at Liberty? An 8-0 football team with the best offense in the conference, and oh yeah, by the way, they got the best defense in the conference. Oh yeah, they got the best coach in the conference as well. Got the best quarterback in the conference too. Caden Salter, he's completed 20... Excuse me, let me let me pull the number real quick. Caden Salter, Cedar Hill, Texas, six foot four quarterback, transfer from the University of Tennessee, goes to Liberty. Plays a little bit a season ago, got his feet wet, but he's really starting to get in there as a quarterback here in twenty twenty three. Starting to play good football. On throws 20 yards down the field this year. He's completed 24 of them. 15 have gone for touchdowns. When he's been blitzed in 2023, he's completing 63% of his throws for 12 touchdowns and no interceptions. Off of play action, which come on nearly half of his attempts, 15 touchdowns, no picks. Like, you got a tall, tall task, and sorry if I don't have optimism for it. Let's go ahead and take our time out. We come back. John Manson, a sea of red.com will join us. We're talking all things Liberty and Louisiana Tech. Listen to Bleed Tech Blue Radio Sports Talk 97.7. At Louisiana National Bank, you're more than just a number. You're part of a team. This is Smoke Harris with the Bulldogs. Louisiana National Bank is committed to making every interaction with its customers and communities an experience that's noticeably different and more exceptional than any they've ever encountered. If you're looking for a teammate to help you achieve your financial dreams, come see one of LMB's Uncommon Bankers or visit online at ln.bank. Equal housing lender. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Courtesy Automotive Family, where you'll find seven of the leading brands, Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram. Two pre-owned lots, local qualified service departments you can rely on. You can shop 24-7 online at buycourtesy.com for all seven brands plus pre-owns. Welcome to the Courtesy Automotive Family, Ruston. Every day is game day at the dugout in Ruston. Warm up with our bases loaded nachos and fried pickles. Make the call to the bullpen for that home run chili cheeseburger combo. And our chicken wings and chicken strips, well, they'll make you feel like an all-star. And you have to try our new Texas tacos. Plus, the dugout has the best frozen daiquiris in town. That's the dugout 2008 Champions Way in Ruston at the Ruston Sports Complex. you got to love it. Tech sports, that is. That's why there's Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by Louisiana National Bank. Call or text the show at 888-993-7762. 
Welcome back, Bleed Tick Blue Radio, BC, John Tabor, Sports Talk 97.7. Let's go straight to the hotline. John Manson, a sea of red.com, joins us. John, thanks for taking some time on this Halloween evening to join us tonight. Hey, guys, thanks so much for having me on, and uh, it's, been, it's a real pleasure. And been a fan of you guys from a distance a little bit uh, as Liberty's kind of joined the Conference USA last year. And, uh, Happy to uh, to get a little bit uh, more acquainted with each other. Absolutely, yeah. That's where I wanted to start. Obviously, uh, Liberty moving into Conference USA. They've been an independent for for quite some time. Uh, how important was it for the program uh, to get into a conference after being an independent for a long time? Yeah, well, it depends on uh, who you ask in the fan base. I mean, because Liberty went from having uh, some really strong schedules. I mean, last year uh, playing BYU and Virginia Tech at home and. And uh, also Arkansas and, and uh, Wake Forest had four, you know, Power Five games last year. To this year, you know, no Power Fives on the schedule. But uh, I think by and large, it it's it's definitely uh, was very important and monumentous for the team to uh, the program to get into a conference. I mean, you know, Liberty's as you mentioned was kind of floundering out there as a, as an independent for the past four years since moving to the FBS and. As you've seen with, you know, Army joining the AAC, the, the days of an FBS independent, unless you're Notre Dame, which none of us are, uh, it, are, are it's numbered. You know, it's just you can't make schedules work. You're going to be left out of, you know, any CFP uh, conversations. And, you know, that that's something that Liberty, and I'm sure Louisiana Tech as well, kind of aspires to, especially as the, as the playoffs expand to 12 teams, is to have a shot for that, that at-large bid for, for a group of five champion and, Obviously, being an independent, that's not anything Liberty could ever do. So I think it's definitely something that that was good for the program, and and not just for football, but but other sports. I mean, it's a big step up for the other sports, too, you know, going from the A-Sun to to Conference USA, especially in in men's basketball. But, uh, yeah, for football, it it gives them a a clear path to uh, a tough path, but a clear path to uh, to, uh, potential New Year's Six this year or, or a college football playoff in the future. Obviously, Hugh Freeze meant so much in kind of building that program up. Uh, Jamie Chadwell hired in the offseason, obviously had been at Coastal Carolina for a while. What, what were the expectations uh, surrounding this program in year one under Chadwell? Yeah, it was, it was really mixed. I mean, you know, you mentioned uh, Coach Freeze, and, and he did a great job. I mean, Liberty won at least eight games in each of his four seasons here, went to a bowl game each of those four years, won, won the bowl game three times, and and, uh, you know, it, he didn't leave the cupboard uh, empty, but it, it wasn't full by any stretch of the imagination, especially nowadays, as you guys know, with NIL and, and uh, the transfer portal. It's, it's, uh, it's hard to keep your players, especially if there's a coaching change. So Liberty ended up having about 50% roster turnover and uh, lost a lot of key players through the portal and, and uh, you know, added a lot of key pieces. But, um, you know, it, it was a, a big question a big unknown how good the team would do this season and uh, I think many people were would have been happy with a you know eight or nine win team uh, looking at the schedule and, and a schedule that you, you you figured Liberty would be a favorite in most of the games but uh, you know to, to expect a first year head coach with with a 50 percent roster makeover to come in and, and go unbeaten or win 10 plus games would probably be a little aggressive so uh, certainly have have exceeded those expectations to this point in the year. Obviously, I was reading some of your press conference note on the website at seaofred.com. Obviously, there's a lot of talk surrounding Hugh Freeze at the end of last year, and I'm sure that had to do some with the struggles down the stretch. Uh, have you been able to pinpoint, or has anyone really been able to pinpoint 
why Liberty's kind of sputtered to the finish line the couple last couple of years in the month of November. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question, and you know, Liberty one and six the last two years as as Coach Chadwell was kind of talking about in his press conference this morning, and uh, you know that one win came against Arkansas last year, the first game in November, then then the team went on to to lose uh, the last four games of the year, including the bowl game, and and you know I think it's kind of twofold. Uh, one, you know, the program being an independent, you know, they had achieved bowl eligibility at that point in time, both of the last two years. You know, by the time November rolled around, didn't have a conference championship to play for. It's kind of, you know, stuck in this, you know, odd place of what are we playing for? And, um, you know, so, so that was part of it. And then last year, obviously, with the, with the freeze, you know, rumors to Auburn were, were really heating up, especially once Liberty got that win over Arkansas and, you know, was eight and one at the time and vaulted up into the top 20 of the top 25 polls. And, and, um, you know, those, 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 uh, uh, rumblings got louder and louder, so I think that had part of it, part of it to to do with what happened. But especially in the, in the season finale against New Mexico State, you know, Liberty at home just kind of lay a stinker uh, there in that one. But that was when the news broke earlier in, in the day uh, prior to taking the field. So I, I think you know that those are kind of the two main main points was you know, nothing to really play for, no motivation for the team and for the players, and and uh, then obviously last year with the, with the freeze, you know, to Auburn you know, rumors swirling around. All right, I wrote an article a couple weeks ago talking about how Austin Reed was the the best quarterback in Conference USA. I I have no problem admitting uh, I was off on that. Caden Salter putting together a a tremendous year. I was putting together some of the numbers for an article later this week. Uh, Whether it's throwing the ball down the field, whether it's against the blitz, whether it's off of play action, it really feels like the Cedar Hill Texas native is coming to his own here in 2023. Yeah, I mean, it really is. And, and you know, to, to everybody's credit, I mean, Austin Reed was preseason player of the year in the conference and, and rightfully so for the numbers he put up last year. And, and Salter is a little bit of an unknown. As a redshirt freshman last year, entering the year, he was a third-string quarterback. And, and due to injury and, and poor performance by, by the uh, QB2, he, he kind of was thrust in there in the – fourth quarter and uh, eventually a four-overtime game in the season opener against Southern Miss last year and led the team to, to victory. And, and then he, he had, you know, a few uh, strong games there, you know, as, as a starter early in the year. Then he suffered a growing injury and, and kind of uh, missed a, a good chunk of the season, never really got back to full strength. And it was a, it was a full-on, you know, quarterback competition during the, uh, the summer into fall camp before Coach Chadwell and offensive coordinator and quarterback coach uh, Willie Korn named – uh, Salter, the starter, but I mean, this is a guy that started his career at, at Tennessee and was there for a semester before uh, transferring to Liberty under Freeze. And a uh, former four-star recruit, highly touted, uh, the highest-rated, you know, if Liberty signed him out of high school would have been the highest-rated uh, quarterback to ever sign with the program. And and uh, yeah, he's kind of coming into his own. The biggest thing was, you know, him, you know, taking that next step from being a, a, a raw quarterback to uh, a raw athlete playing quarterback to being a more of a you know actual quarterback that that's also an athlete and can do things with his feet. So he's taken that step this year, kind of matured a lot in, in the uh, in the system and and just as a as a young man and and, and taking huge steps this year and uh, you know still still some growth for him. You know he's still got you know two plus years of eligibility remaining, but uh, he certainly uh, you know lived up to, to his height when he when he originally uh, transferred to Liberty a couple years ago. When you look at the weapons that Salter has to distribute the ball to, who are some of the the main players at, at the running back and receiver position to watch for? Yeah, I think you know running back is really a, a room by uh, by committee. Uh, 
you know, the Flames are, are second in the country in, in rushing offense uh, per, per game. Uh, this season behind the Air Force, you know, in their triple option attack. But uh, Quentin Cooley is the, the main guy there at running back, a, a Wake Forest transfer, a lot of transfers on the team. Uh, but, but Wake Forest transfer, and, and uh, he's kind of the, the bowling ball type uh, bruiser between the tackle type running back. And, and uh, under Chadwell, uh, you know, free or under Chadwell, Liberty kind of um, runs the uh, a spread option, triple option type look. So you'll see some option on Saturday night. But um, uh, so Quentin Cooley is, is kind of the first guy up. Also, Billy Luke is another running back there. And at receiver, it's uh, CJ Daniels kind of been the guy. And, and uh, with Salter, you know, behind center, a lot of times it's, you know, a few dink and dunk shots and then they'll, they'll you know, spring for a bomb four yards down the field. And, and uh, if, they, if they're hitting on those, then. And the offense kind of takes its next step. That's the biggest question mark is, you know, how good can Salter be in the passing game? But but this is a team that really relies on that ground game. And Salter, you know, he can be be a weapon there too. He's rushed over 100 yards a couple times this year, including last week at uh, Western Kentucky and, and the big win for Liberty there. Defensively, Sonny Comey mentioned today in his press conference, how uh, you look at a number of different metrics, it's the best defense in the league as well. Uh, what makes the Flames so good on that side of the ball? Well, and again, you know, just similar to the offense, but there's only two starters returning from last year, Kenny Charles, defensive tackle, and then Quentin Reese as a safety. But uh, Brylon Green, who's actually a Louisiana native, uh, went, went to uh, a school name. down there. Yep, Lafayette Yeah, Christian. yeah, yep, yep, there you go. He uh, two-sport star, too. I mean, he's, he's playing baseball at Liberty as well, but this is his second uh, full season uh, at Liberty with the football team as a true sophomore, and kind of has blossomed into a star there in the secondary, and uh, you know, making plays, you know, uh, interceptions and, and uh, you know, stripping the ball out and, and forced fumbles and, and things like that. He, he's really a center fielder there at, at uh, safety for the Flames. He, he's a key piece, but it's really been the secondary kind of leading the way. And, you know, Quentin Reese, I mentioned him as a returning starter, Ryan Green as well. Kobe Singleton, a corner who, who's got, I think, four interceptions on the season. And, and the the weakness of, of the defense is the lack of a pass rush. They haven't been able to get much of a pass rush this year, and at least not consistently. And got a lot of young guys, a true freshman, T.J. Bush, starting at one defensive end, and, and a lot of new names on, on that uh, defensive front. So that that's been the big question mark. If they can figure out how to how to you know you know pressure the, the Louisiana Tech quarterback, I'm assuming Bachmeyer, yeah. then uh, you know that that'll help. Um, you know, helped the defense a lot, but it's really been the, the, the secondary that's taken a huge step this year. Uh, in order to pick up their ninth one of the year, what must the Flames do on Saturday night? Uh, key, don't don't overlook the game. You know, be be focused on, on the task at hand. I think we've kind of seen that from Liberty's side uh, the last two home games against Sam Houston and, and uh, Middle Tennessee. You know, Liberty kind of going on, you know, cruise control and, you know, hoping to, to cruise to big victory and Almost uh, bit them each of the last two uh, two home games, and you know, so really coming out there with you know, focused, fired up, ready to go, and and uh, not turning the ball over. And that's kind of coach speak a little bit, but I do think it's true for this team that they've had issues with uh, turnovers at at times this year. And uh, first play of the game against Middle Tennessee a couple weeks back, uh, it was an interception, and uh, you know, just three plays later, uh, you know, they they take a seven nothing lead on, on the short field. And uh, that, that kind of changed the whole dynamics of that game. So uh, if Liberty can, can do that and then, you know, kind of dominate at the uh, line of scrimmage, which they've been able to do in the Conference USA game so far this season, and, 
and uh, you know really grind away at that defensive front for for the Bulldogs. Then uh, should should be some success for the Flames on Saturday. Great stuff, John. We appreciate you joining us here on Bleed Tech Blue Radio. If any of our listeners want to follow the work you guys do online, I was over at the website earlier today. You guys do some tremendous work. Where can they find that out? Yeah, it's theored.com, as you mentioned. We're also on all your uh, social media platforms. and uh, Going live here in uh, about 30 minutes with our uh, our weekly uh, podcast that you can get on YouTube or Spotify or wherever you uh, listen to podcasts as well, too. Thanks, thanks so much for having me on, guys. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. John Manson of seaofred.com joined us tonight to discuss Louisiana Tech and Liberty. Of course, like he said, uh, you look at Liberty's last two home games, a 21-16 win over Sam Houston State and a 42-35 win over Middle Tennessee. That That's two programs that have combined for two FBS wins all year. Maybe that gives you some hope as a Tech fan. 17-point dog. Why not? Why not the dogs? Want to appreciate John. Uh, I've really appreciated how passionate Liberty fans are. Not only about their football program, but about all their sports programs up there in Lynchburg. I believe they'll be a good conference mate for years to come. So let's go ahead and take our next time out. Kevin Sweeney, Sports Illustrated, will join us next. Talking all things Conference USA Hoops. Be back right after this. At Louisiana National Bank, you're more than just a number. You're a part of a team. This is Anna Robertson with the Lady Texters. Louisiana National Bank is committed to making every interaction with its customers and communities an experience that's noticeably different and more exceptional than any they've ever encountered. If you're looking for a teammate to help you achieve your financial dreams, come see one of LNB's Uncommon Bankers or visit online at ln.bank. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Hey, DQ fans, the leaves are changing, and that only means one thing. The new fall blizzard treat menu's here. Dip it into the season with returning favorites like snickerdoodle cookie dough, pumpkin pie, Oreo hot cocoa, caramel fudge cheesecake, Reese's peanut butter cup pie, and the choco dipped strawberry. Or get your marshmallow on with the new Royal Reese's Flutter Nutter. That's seven crave-worthy treats, and they're only at participating DQ locations. We're happy it tastes good. I remember the moment. I'll never forget that moment. As long as I live. As long as I live. That moment, we arrived in the scene. The storm had nearly destroyed the area. This was our own community. Friends, family, people we grew up with, went to school with. We were there to help. Several of us were working to rescue a family. They made it down to the storm cellar, but the house collapsed on top of the cellar door and trapped them. We had chainsaws going, and we had to use Humvees and heavy machinery to move massive trees and debris. We got them out. We helped a lot of people out. It felt good to know I could really make a difference. Right here, close to home, in my state. It was one of those life-changing moments where I realized I am making a difference in these people's lives and mine. I'm a citizen soldier in the National Guard. You can serve part-time and be there the moment your community needs you. Learn more at NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Louisiana National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. Injured in an accident? Call Creed and Creed in Monroe for local experienced representation. This is KNBB Dubach Rustin Monroe 97.7. Want to find stuff out about tech sports your neighbor doesn't know? 
Keep it right here on Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Brought to you by Louisiana National Bank. Call or text the show at 888-993-7762. Welcome back. Bleed Tech Blue Radio, BC. John Tabor, Sports Talk 97.7. We usually have Kevin Sweeney on the sports company. We got him for Bleed Tech Blue Radio tonight, talking conference, USA hoops. Kevin, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys having me. Absolutely. So I, I want to go back to last year. Obviously, uh, Conference USA, you get FAU into the Final Four. UAB and North Texas play for the NIT championship. I think Rice played for the uh, champ or won the CBI. Uh, it was a really great year for the league in the postseason. Obviously, all four of those programs have left. But and Talvin Hester, Louisiana Tech head men's coach, mentioned this today. Was that Conference USA, you know, league a year ago maybe a little bit underrated? Yeah, I think it definitely was. Um, just from the standpoint that I, I think it takes so long, especially when there aren't a lot of headline wins in the non-conference, to really convince people that what they're watching is actually what they're watching, right? Like, you could turn on... North Texas or UAB or obviously FAU last year, and say that's a darn good basketball team. But, you know, the wins didn't stack up for at-large bids for UNT and UAB. And I think looking back, those teams were NCAA tournament caliber teams. And it's unfortunate that the league didn't get a little bit more shine with multiple bids, but certainly FAU uh, earned earned the league's keep on its own with the, with the Final Four run. And uh, I do think it's certainly something that, uh, everyone can point to in that league and say, like, this was really competitive top to bottom last year. Another question for you. Obviously, a lot of talk across college basketball. Season gets started in six days. NIT has made some changes. No more automatic bids for the teams that win their conference regular season but lose in the conference tournament. Big deal to you? Little deal? Kind of what are your thoughts surrounding that move by the NIT? Uh, I, I think it's a big deal from the standpoint that I really appreciated the fact that there was some sort of light at the end of the tunnel for mid-major teams that they lost their conference tournament, right? Like, I grew up in in, in a one-bid league uh, area, and the you know, there was always the narrative, like, all right, like we win the regular season, we get to go to an end tournament, right? We get to go to the NIC or the NCAA tournament no matter what, right? Our, our, our biggest deal. So I like having that reward for, for the mid-majors, particularly given the fact that, like, especially in this day and age of coaching changes on the portal, it doesn't feel like high majors really care that much about the NIT. Do I care about the product on the floor? I can't say that I do as much as I think some people are making it out to be. Like, I, I, I watch more college basketball than pretty much anybody. I, I don't really get a chance to watch the NIT. It's going out of the NCAA tournament. It's just not a lot of time to do that. So, you know, I, I don't think it's a huge impact from like a, oh, man, the quality of this product is going down substantially. But from a symbolic standpoint, certainly, I think it, it, it hurts teams at the, the low and mid-major level quite a bit. Let me ask you this to follow up on that. Do you feel like maybe at some point we see some conferences go away from conference tournaments so that they ensure that their regular season champion does get into the NCAA tournament? I think it's possible. Um, I think right now the, the financials of having a conference tournament uh, still are so, so positive that leagues are going to do it. I think the, the, the short-term move that most leagues will do is they'll try to find ways to protect their top seats, right? So whether that's double buys, um, different bracketing rules, whatever the case may be, even shrinking the conference tournament down, saying, okay, we're only going to let our top eight teams in. It'll be quarter, semis, and finals, but we're not going to 
We're not going to have this long tournament with a huge, massive runway. I think those things are on the table. But I'd be surprised if you see any sort of, any sort of mass move towards uh, getting rid of conference tournaments ahead. Looking at Conference USA this year, like we mentioned earlier, FAU no longer in the league, North Texas, UAB, Rice, Charlotte, uh, all off to the AAC. You look at the new schools that the league's added, Liberty, obviously you got Sam Houston, New Mexico State, Jacksonville State. Overall, I don't think the league's as strong as it was a season ago, but how would you evaluate the teams that the league was able to put this league back together with? I mean, there's a lot of programs that are pretty proud on the basketball front. I think it may take some time for some of them just because of where they are as programs like New Mexico State, new coach. Obviously, Western Kentucky's been in the league. They have a new coach. I think that thing will get going, but it hasn't yet. Uh, Sam Houston has a new coach in, in, is in year one after a great run under Jason Hooten. Right. This goes on. Even Liberty, which has been one of the most consistent mid-major programs in the country, they come in losing one of their all-time great players in Darius. So um, I, I think there's a bit of an adjustment period for, for all of those. I do think Liberty's pretty well built to, to, to win right away, but the others may take some time. Um, but I don't think from a basketball brand standpoint, you, you, have some good, you have some good programs. UTEP obviously has tremendous history. Louisiana Tech is, is a program that, that has proven it can win. So I think we're going to have a fun product. It just I, I think this year it might be a, a bit of a down year as everybody gets up to speed. You mentioned Steve Lutz taking over at Western Kentucky. Hilltoppers haven't been to the NCAA tournament since 2013. Uh, and, you know, you look at that program, like you said, a proud basketball history. For whatever reason, Rick Stansbury wasn't able to really get it going. Steve Lutz comes in after back-to-back tourney appearances uh, at Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Uh, how well is that program built to win right away? I think it's going to take them – some time just looking at the roster you know I, I like the fact like, like the thing for me with Lutz is it's no longer going to be just a, a talent acquisition contest right mm-hmm. I mean that was that was what it was understands right I think he will do a much better job coaching him up and, and the transfers do help like they added Brandon Newman from from Purdue he's a big time recruit big wing scorer uh Rodney Howard from Georgia Tech is a starter he can plug in and play they need more out of their point guard spot than what they've gotten uh, and what they have on paper. That's a big question mark for me. So that's why I see them more as like a mid-pack team this year. But Lutz did a really awesome job at, at Corpus. He's worked for Matt Painter and Greg McDermott, two of the sharpest sharpest minds in the industry. So uh, I feel pretty good about where this thing is going, uh, but they're going to need some pretty big impact from, from guys like Newman and Howard right away for, for this thing to be, be revving in your you mentioned Liberty as being a team that's built to win right away. Who do you see competing with Liberty atop the conference this season? Uh, you know, I, I think waiver dependent Louisiana Tech, if they can get Bacho cleared, is mm-hmm. right there. I think UTEP as well. Um, you know, Joe Golding is a guy at UTEP where I think it's taken him some time to really get the cultural, the culture guys they need to, to play their style, but he seems feel confident that they're going to be able to do that this year and really defend at the level he did at Abilene Christian. And with the league getting a little weaker, I think that also helps helps him. You know, catch catch league get a down, somewhat of a down year, have a little bit of experience, defend you know your your tail off, which is obviously his mentality and what won them in that civil tournament game against Texas. So um, you know I, I think UTEP could could be in that mix. And then you know 
so much unknown with teams like WKE, teams like New Mexico State, who has an entirely new roster. Uh, you know, I, I think it's pretty wide open there in the middle to, to come up and defend. You, you mentioned the waiver for Bacho, and obviously, you know, we're in tech country here in Ruston, and you know, we, we saw the waiver process play out in football, and obviously, there were some guys that got dinged and they were were deemed ineligible, two time transfers. Now it's coming into basketball. I think John Rothstein with CBS Sports said the other day like 18% of waivers are being approved. Did anybody really have a great idea that the NCAA would crack down on it this much? I think the the rules were relatively clear by basketball season. I think there was concern amongst college coaches, but I also think that schools felt that if they could – particularly on the mental health front, if they could have some documentation beforehand, that they'd be able to get guys across the finish line. And there have been some examples now of kids who everyone really felt good about the documentation piece to get that waiver through that didn't get approved. So I think it's been a little bit tighter than people anticipated. Um, you know, particularly, I mean, there, there have been some pretty – pretty severe cases. I mean, even you know, a, a former teammate of Bacho's at Texas Tech mm-hmm. and Jalen Tyson uh, at Cal is a good example of this. I mean, he was, you know, he bore the brunt of some of the racially insensitive, insensitive comments made by uh, Mark Adams. Um, and he was just recently denied. And the, the reason given was supposedly, um, you know, the timing with which when he went to the portal relative to assistant coaches. So the NCAA is clearly looking to find ways to get guys ineligible, not just evaluating the facts and deciding yes, no. So it's been hard. It's been tough out there for schools to get guys across the finish line, but uh, certainly losing has actually waiting a word on, on a guy who'd be pretty important to that Last question, we'll let you get out of here, excluding Gonzaga. I don't know if they fit into this uh, mid-major label anymore. Who's the best, best mid-major team in the country, in your opinion? I think it's got to be FAU on paper. I don't know if we count them now than the American, yep. and the lines have been so blurred. But uh, to me, I would I would say I, I would say them. Uh, they have some kind of shaky uh, secret scrimmage results. If you love buying into those, but Elijah Martin, Mister Rush player, has been out. So um, once he's back, that's a team that runs it back off the Final Four. It was great, as you guys know, throughout the regular season. This wasn't a fluke that they made that run in March. So it's got to be the, the early choice. Great stuff, Kevin. Appreciate you joining us tonight on Bleed Tech Blue Radio. And uh, looking forward to college basketball season. Get going next Monday night. Sounds good, fellas. Appreciate it. Kevin Sweeney, Sports Illustrated, joining us tonight on Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Uh, Mitchell's that FAU team, best mid-major team. Listen, if, if you don't like the term mid-major, that's fine. Like, there, There's a lot of folks out there that don't love the term. We all play D1 basketball. We're all 365. We're all equal. I get it. Whatever. FAU finished 35 and 4 season ago, losing the final four, the national semifinal. Preseason number 10 team in the country tapes. You and I have talked about it. Seems a little lofty for me. Not going to sit here and lie to you. Seems lofty. I mean, if you want to sit here and ask, are there more than 10 teams in the country that can beat them? Obviously, there yes. is. Yeah. Are there more than 10 teams that top to bottom at the end of the year will have be better than them. That's left to be seen. Okay. Fair enough. 10 probably feels a little lofty to me. I would have probably guessed somewhere between 15 and 20. Okay. I do Maybe feel like, I do think team. they undoubtedly have the cachet to be a top 20 team. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's go ahead and take our final time out. We come back. We'll put a bow on it. 
Yes, in a Blade Tech Blue Radio Sports Talk 97.7. As summer comes to a close, you may have a kid heading off to school. That's a great reason for a complete car checkup from Walpole Tire and Service. They'll diagnose check engine lights and service everything from brakes to shocks and suspensions. And if that car needs tires, you'll find big rebates on the largest selection of name brand tires, including Goodyear, Bridgestone, Firestone, Continental, and more. Walpole Tire and Service, Ruston and West Monroe. Visit WalpoleTire.com. Every day is game day at the dugout in Ruston. Warm up with our bases loaded nachos and fried pickles. Make the call to the bullpen for that home run chili cheeseburger combo. And our chicken wings and chicken strips, well, they'll make you feel like an all-star. And you have to try our new Texas tacos. Plus, the dugout has the best frozen daiquiris in town. That's the dugout 2008 Champions Way in Ruston at the Ruston Sports Complex. At Louisiana National Bank, you're more than just a number. You're part of a team. This is Smoke Harris with the Bulldog. Louisiana National Bank is committed to making every interaction with its customers and communities an experience that's noticeably different and more exceptional than any they've ever encountered. If you're looking for a teammate to help you achieve your financial dreams, come see one of LMB's Uncommon Bankers or visit online at ln.bank. Equal housing lender. Member FDIC. What were those college softball players thinking, carrying their opponent around the bases after she was injured hitting the winning home run? If you did the right thing, then you did win. Sportsmanship. Pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Gotta love it. Tech sports, that is. That's why there's Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by Louisiana National Bank. Call or text the show at 888-993-7762. Final segment of the show as we wrap it up on this Tuesday night. BC, John Tabor, Sports Talk 97.7. I want to thank John Manson, SeaOfRed.com, for joining us. Tremendous interview with him, previewing Louisiana Tech and Liberty. Kevin Sweeney with Sports Illustrated. Talking all thing conference USA hoops, Tate. I gotta gotta be honest. I, I got a little jacked up when he said if Bacho's eligible, Tech's got a chance. Like you got the best big in the league if he's eligible. Six foot eleven, transfer from Texas Tech. I think he started seventeen games a season ago. So uh, would be huge for the Bulldogs to find out over the next six days uh, whether or not he's going to be eligible here in twenty twenty three. 2024. All right, so it's time to put a bow on it. Louisiana Tech on the road at Liberty. 5 p.m. kickoff, CBS Sports Network, Saturday night. Flames are currently favored by, depending on the book, 16.5, 17 points. Over under set at 58.5. <clears throat> Excuse me. Game will be played at Williams Stadium, Lynchburg, Virginia. I believe I saw that at least one side of the stadium sold out. It's homecoming in Lynchburg, so it's going to be a great atmosphere. You got the number two ranked rush offense in the country in Liberty. Got, I believe, like a top 25 defense in the country over only allowing 20 points per game. They turn opponents over a ton. All the numbers tell you, blowout. That's what they tell you. Point blank, they tell you, blowout. Same time. 
Outside of SMU, Tech's been in every single football game. Now, coming here, we talk about one-score losses and BC's negative this, negative that. I get it. But you've been in every single football game outside of SMU. There's 31 nothing at inter- intermission. You got back within 17, but it didn't really matter. You never felt like you were in the football game. Taze, I'm interested to see how this one plays out. What do you got? Give me a score. Mm, uh, I'm leaning. It, you're not leaning worse than me, I can promise you. 34-13, Liberty. Taves, you're a nice fellow. I got Liberty 52. I got Dogs 20. And it's every bit as bad as it sounds. Listen, I give Sonny Cumbie a lot of credit. Like, his team's played hard. They really have. And listen, I'm not sitting here telling you that Liberty's a top 25 team, a top 20 team. The schedule's terrible. When addressing the hit your over is what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think they're a great football team. I don't. But I think finally nine games in, we start to see the wheels come off a little bit. A turnover here, a turnover there, a big play here, a big play there. It's not really that close. You got 34-14, 34-13, right on the over-under, because you're John Tabor, and that's what you do. And I got 52-20. And as Ben Mint said, I think I'm way under the under. Oh, yeah, you excuse me, you are here at 47. I was thinking 57. And as Ben Mintz said, Liberty could win this one by 40. You know what, Ben Mintz? I don't appreciate that too much. So, it's been a fun show tonight. I want to thank John Manson of CFRed.com. I want to thank Kevin Sweeney, Sports Illustrated. I want to thank Beck Haynes for taking a bye week. For John Tabor, I'm BC. Thanks for listening. We'll see you. for listening to the Louisiana National Bank Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show on Sports Talk 97.7. Brought to you by Courtesy Automotive Group, Walpole Tire, Brister's Smokehouse Barbecue, Dairy Queen, and Bienville Motors. Join us every Tuesday at 6 p.m. with your host Ben Carlisle on the Louisiana National Bank Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show on Sports Talk 97.7. To find FS1 on your television, go to foxsports.com for details. Boom. Trust your eyes. FS1.